Praise the Lord, everyone. This is Dr. Dennis James Woods. We're here with you one more time with the Revelation Revolution. Don't touch that dial. Stay plugged into this podcast because you have just joined the Revelation Revolution. I want you to get your Bible. I want you to get your pencil, your paper, your highlighters so you can follow along and take copious notes in this study because we're going to have another exciting episode of the Revelation Revolution. Praise the Lord out there in Radio Land. This is Dr. Dennis James Woods, and we're here with you. Glory to God. It is the 14th of January, 2019, and we are so glad to be with you one more time with the Revelation Revolution. I tell you, this has been uh, a powerful year already. Glory to God. Uh, uh, Just been dealing with a lot of things in my personal life, but I tell you, God is still on the throne. Glory to God. And I want all of you to be encouraged. Uh, Glory to God in what the Lord is doing in each one of our lives. I just thank God for all of you that are uh, supporting me and the Revelation Revolution. I know our last uh, podcast, uh, there were several people that listened in, uh, and I'd like to thank uh, 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 my good friend, uh, uh, Salone uh, and and Colette Lucky, uh, who have been spreading the word. Glory to God. It's just some people just get a hold of a message and they just run with it. And I tell you, they have been uh, a part of the uh, reason why many, many people have uh, picked up on what we're teaching and we just pray God's continued blessing and God's speed upon them as they spread the word about what thus saith the Lord according to his blessing and mercy. I tell you, if it had not have been for uh, uh, people like that uh, uh, helping to get the word out, I, t- I tell you, you know, it, it, it and 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 everyone who uh, picks up on this teaching, you're really, really going to be blessed by it because it's this is going to actually change your life. It's going to change how you see uh, the the. Uh, all of the things that's going to lead up to the second coming of the Lord, uh, 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 it'll change your Christianity because you'll no longer see it as just some perfunctory worship service that we uh, are are delivered from all the trouble and all of that and we don't have anything to worry about and all that. No, we're going to go through things in this life just like Jesus went through, just like the apostles went through, just like uh, believers in the past have gone through. Uh, Glory to God. And so this is why the book of Revelation is so powerful, so impactful, because it has relevance 
for us today. These are not archaic things that this is what happened to them Christians a long time ago. No, this is indeed what is going to occur again. And so uh, we are in the midst of a teaching on the seventh trumpet and we would like to pick up on that again. You know, I get carried away and sometimes uh, I, I end up not getting to my subject matter and uh, y'all just have to bear with Dr. Woods. Sometimes I just get caught up and uh, but I, it is more needful for you for me to stay focused on what it is that we have to teach. Going to Revelation chapter number 10 and we are going to read from verses 1 through 7 and I'm going to start out in the uh, King James Version and I saw another mighty angel come down from heaven clothed with a cloud and a rainbow was upon his head and his face was as it were the sun and his feet as pillars of fire and he had in his hand a little book open and he set his right foot upon the sea and his left foot upon the earth and cried with a loud voice as when a lion roareth and when he had cried the seven thunders uttered their voices and when the seven thunders had uttered their voices I was about to write and I heard a voice from heaven saying to me seal up those things which the seven thunders uttered and write them not and the angel which I saw stand upon the sea and upon the earth lifted up his hand to heaven and swear by him that liveth forever and ever who created heaven and the things that therein are and the earth and the things that therein are and the sea and the things which are therein that there should be time no longer Excuse me. but in the days of the voice of the seventh angel when he shall begin to sound the mystery of God should be finished as he has declared to his servants the prophets. May the Lord add a blessing to the reading of his word for the edification of our souls in Jesus name. 
Amen. Father, we thank and praise you for your love, your mercy, and your grace. And we thank you, Lord God, for those that are hearing this podcast. Lord God, strengthen your people that no matter what comes their way, that they waver not in their faith, that they not take down, that they stand fast, anchored, rooted, grounded, secured in Christ Jesus where nothing shall be able to take us from the love of God that is in Christ. Nothing's present, nothing's to come, not debt, nor height, nor any other creature shall be able To move us, take us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. This is a very, very interesting. set of scriptures these passages of scriptures because they set up a scenario around the blowing of the seventh trumpet I like in here where it talks about this mighty angel he had a little book in his hand glory to God and in that book glory to God was a powerful powerful revelation I also think about how when that angel uttered his voice then the seven thunders also spoke so in Revelation we always think in terms of the seven churches the seven seals the seven trumpets the seven bowls oh glory glory to God but we don't think much about the seven thunders it's interesting whatever it was that they said John wanted to write it but he received a heavenly directive not to write it it's interesting, ladies and gentlemen, that God here is letting us know that he intentionally left out a portion of the revelation. John thought it was noteworthy, but God said, no, don't say that. Don't put that down. 
don't write this in your book John that has to go out to the body of Christ for decades centuries and millennia there's some secrets in heaven that God did not want on the earth it's interesting because here we clearly see that God is letting us know that he left a part of the revelation out so that means there's stuff that no man can figure out about God's prophetic plan because John was not allowed to give it and God let us know that he left a part out it is simply John could have just not wrote it we would have never known we missed it but God is letting us know no I'm letting you know I'm leaving the part out that's food for thought but let's look at part B of the 6th verse and the 7th verse or the last part of verse 6 he says he, the, the, basically the angels swear by heaven swear by him that liveth in heaven talking about God that there would be time no more or as in the other versions of the Bible say no delay no longer a delay so this delay is connected with the finishing of the mystery of God now the Greek word for mystery in the English is mysterion which simply means a hidden secret a knowledge that's a heavenly a heavenly knowledge held back from men unless it was revealed by God to men glory to God so it's not a Agatha Christie who done it mystery it is a heavenly revelation that men were not privy to unless it was revealed by one of heaven's agents glory to God so that there would be time no longer in other words when the seventh trumpet began to sound or when he begins to sound or before he begins to sound right around in that because it depends on the version that you get it from the bottom line is when that trumpet blows glory to God there will be time no longer no longer delay and the mystery of God will be completed but there is a caveat here that I think is extremely relevant and we have to break it down. Verse 7 again. But in the days of the voice of the seventh angel, when he shall begin to sound, talking about blowing that seventh trumpet, the mystery of God should be finished but listen to this, ladies and gentlemen, as he have declared 
to his servants, the prophets. So, whatever this mystery is, it was something he declared to his prophets. Something that could, that he declared to the prophets that would have a long delay, but would wrap up at the blowing of the seventh trumpet. The question is, is what is that mystery? What is it? What is it that's been on delay for all long, long time? And now ends at the blowing of the seventh trumpet that was declared a declared to the prophets, but yet a mystery. What is it? Well, let me tell you this: there is no general consensus. We're going to read a few commentaries. Let's 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 just get into this. See, because it's interesting, you know, when we approach these things, you know, we have the, we scholars or those of us that are, that are read and learned, you know, we go to our reference books, our commentaries, because that's really all we can do, you know, I mean, it's not like we here can talk to John, you know, not like we got Paul and then we can just call him up. We have to rely on the historical context, right? We have to rely on the narratives. So let's, Look at some of the commentators. All right. This is from the New Bible Commentary, the 21st century edition. Okay. Say so the purpose for mankind revealed to the prophets. So this is the guy, this, this theologian says, uh, it's the purpose for mankind. Now the God doesn't say that this purpose, this mystery was the purpose of mankind. Revealed to the prophets is now to be accomplished. When the seventh angel sounds his trumpet, the mystery of God shall be accomplished. The mystery is not a mysterious revelation, but God's secret purpose hidden from the unbelieving world. Its contents is revealed and celebrated in Revelation 11, 15 through 18. And that's when they blow the seventh trumpet. So the seven, seven trumpet sounds, a voice is, uh, 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 is uh, heard in heaven saying, The kingdoms of our Lord become the kingdom of his Lord, of our Lord and of his Christ, and he shall reign forever and ever. The 24 elders, they bow and they worship and all of that. And then verse number 15, verse number 18 says, And it was the time, and the nations were angry, thy wrath is come. So it was the time of wrath. And then it says, and the time of the dead, that thou should judge thy servants and give reward to thy servants, the servants, the prophets, the saints, and them that fear thy name, both small and great, and should destroy of them that destroy the earth. So all of these things happen at the seventh trumpet, verses 11, uh, chapter 11, verses uh, uh, 15 through uh, 18. So basically what this commentator is basically saying here is that God's purpose for mankind revealed to the prophets but they don't have no scripture reference how he backs that statement up okay 
All right, let's go to this other commentary. This is the uh, New International Commentary. This is what it says. The announcement of no further delay will come as a welcome news. The martyrs under the altar in Revelation 6, 9 through 12 have been told to rest a while until the full number of their fellow servants and their brothers and sisters should be put to, should be put to death. The seven thunders would have involved yet another delay had they not have been canceled. <laughs> now listen to this, ladies and This is funny. This is good. He's basically saying, I don't want, I'm just, just listen. These are these commentaries. These, these folks that went to school. Okay? They got all these degrees. He's basically saying that the souls under the altar in Revelation 6, because they asked, How long, O oh Lord, do you not go back and avenge our blood on the earth? So basically what he was saying here, now we're, that's back in Revelation 6. So now we jump over to Revelation 10. This is an angel. The angel doesn't say the angel is looking, peering back at the altar in Revelation 6 and answering a question that wasn't given to the angel. The, 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 the people in Revelation 6, baby, they asked the Lord how long. And the Lord told them until, the, until your brothers and sisters that were killed like you were, that number is filled up or, or complete. Or the number of, of, until that number is reached. There's a certain number. And God knows who it is. He said, but they were given white robes and, and, and all of that and told they need the rest of the season until that number was fulfilled. So now this commentator has the angel who brought down... The, we had the little book in his hand that said there would be no more delay. He has this angel looking back to answer the question of the people under the souls under the altar when the Lord had already answered it. And then he makes another serious mistake here. And he says they the what the seven thunders said was canceled. Let me read it again. It says, the announcement of no further delay would come as welcome news. The martyrs under the altar had been told to rest a while until the number of their fellow servants was and their brothers and sisters should be, uh, that should be put to death. The seven thunders would have involved another delay. So now what he is saying, the angel answers back to the people under the souls of the altar. Now this side of these people hooked this book up, which is completely crazy because he's not talking to them at all. It has nothing to do. This is a completely different spiritual vignette. It has nothing to do with the other one. However, they're linking it all together. So now this angel is answering back a question that Jesus already gave to those folks. But anyway, he's answering them back, and then the seven thunders open up day mouth, and they would have been another delay had they not have been canceled. Now, the reason why that is so crazy, the seven thunders were not canceled, ladies and gentlemen. They said what they had to say. The only thing that was canceled was John was told, don't write it. That's because they said what they needed to say. So this guy just pulled this. I don't know where they get. Listen, I'm read. This is the new international commentary. Okay. It says now nothing stands in the way of the final dramatic period of human history. Of human history. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, 
the blowing of the seventh, seventh trumpet is not the final chapter of human history. I don't know what's wrong with this man. Do you know how many things come after the blowing of the seventh trumpet? You have the seven seals. You have the battle of Armageddon. You have the return of the Lord. You have the millennial kingdom. You have a thousand years of people living. Then you have Satan. Then you have Satan at the beginning of that period locked in the abyss. Then after that, Satan is let out a little while. Then after that, he deceives the world again. Then after that, they another army comes up to destroy Jerusalem one more time. The Bible says fire comes down from heaven and devours them. So how is whatever happens at the seventh trumpet the end of human history? It is complete poppycock. These are people who are writing books and sell them and don't know what they're talking about. Let's read another commentary. All right. This is the Tyndale commentaries. The context of the oath is that there are there will be no more delay. Okay, the authorized version uh, uh, translates that there should be time no longer, and this has been made and this has been made the basis for a view that in the next life there will be no such thing as time. Oh my God, did they did they going in a whole other uh, direction? We will. We will live in a great eternal present. But the angel is not contrasting time with eternity. He is solemnly swearing that the events of which he speaks will take place certainly and speedily when the seventh trumpet blows. Oh my goodness, where they get this stuff? Okay, all right, let's read another commentary. Listen, before we get to what God has given to me to share, I'm just making a point. There is no general consensus on this, ladies and gentlemen. It's not like all these scholars agree. They don't know. That's the bottom line. Don't they don't know. They don't know because many of them have already have a a construct that they want to stick to. So instead of saying the obvious like we're going to do when we when we get to what the God has showed me about this, that instead of sticking to the obvious, they have to go out there forced to go out and left field because they can't say what they should be saying because it would disagree with the theology that they're teaching or trying to espouse themselves. This is the fourth commentary. Let's look. Okay, here's another one. John MacArthur. Look, a lot of you people may know him. Look, he's got study Bibles out. He's got commentaries out. He's uh, 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 the pastor of uh, Grace to You, Grace Community Church, uh, Master's Seminary. I mean, he's one of these guys that's big. You know, he's not a prosperity preacher, but trust me, he's a millionaire. He sells, sells all these books, has been doing it for years. A lot of his books have made sold, he's sold millions. His commentaries are very, very, very popular series. They cost hundreds of dollars. Uh, John MacArthur is getting paid. Don't let nobody fool you. He may not fly around in a jet, but he ain't broke. Okay, he's, he's a fat cat. Alright. Number four. The specific content of the angel's oath was there will be no there will be delay no longer. Answering the question of the martyrs how long. This is another guy taking the same position. And the prayers of the saints in Revelation uh, 8, uh, 3 through 5. The phrase, but in the days of the voice of the seventh angel, when he is about to sound, indicates that judgment of the seventh trumpet is about to come and that it, and that it is not a single of it, but covers days indicating a period of time. All right, MacArthur. 
All right. Okay. Oh, I, I got one more. Revelation 7.10. All the Old Testament promises of both of judgment and restoration, restoration came to a head in the day of the Lord. This comes from the Bible background commentary. Okay. All right. Oh, I'm not finished with the commentaries. Okay. All right. This is from the pulpit commentary. All right. The mystery of God should be finished. Also, or then as the revised version says, the mystery of God was fulfilled. The prophetic past, Wadsworth, the mystery of God is all that man does not now understand in connection with God's dealing with man, but of the existence of that which is he is cognizant. For example, the existence of evil in the world. As God molds of dealing with and with that and all mankind, which we only know in part. God's plans being steadily and surely worked out, though we are not able to comprehend them. As he have declared to his servants the prophets, literally, as he evangelized his servants the prophets, or, as the revised version says, according to the good tidings which he declared to his servants the prophets. Thus, Amos 7.3, surely the Lord would do nothing, but he revealed it to his, his, his secret unto his servants the prophets. The promise of the complete fulfillment of the mystery of God is good news indeed for the fainting Christians. For it tells of the end of his trials and the overthrow of his enemies. That's the pulpit commentary. Okay? Now, let's move forward. So now we've heard five or six commentaries. None of them basically saying the, 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 the same thing. They all had different slants, all had different things. Now, whenever you run into this, that just simply means there's no general consensus and it's whosoever commentaries you're reading or how you interpret that passage. Unfortunately, a lot of the passages in the Bible are difficult like that and this is what you end up with. Okay? That's just, just being honest with you. So, let's get into this. First of all, what is the mystery of God that was declared to his prophets? That's the question we need to ask. It must be something that was declared by the prophets, yet still remaining a mystery until disclosed by God at a future time. Some say the mystery is the fulfillment of God's wrath. However, God's wrath was declared openly. It was not a mystery. In this case, the prophets prophesied prophecies that contain information 
that could not be understood in their entirety until God would later open up the meaning and understanding of the very prophecies themselves. In other words, that's what made them a mystery. In other words, it was something that the prophets declared that they said it, but they themselves didn't understand it because it was a mystery, but they declared it. So what in the world could that be? I think the I think the apostle Peter gives us a clue. Let's look at this. 1 Peter chapter 1 verses 8 through 12. I'm reading from the King James. Whom having not seen you love in whom though now you see him not yet believing he rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory. Receiving the end of your faith, even the salvation of your souls. Of which salvation, now listen to this, the prophets have inquired and searched diligently who prophesied of the grace that should come unto you. Searching what or what manner of time the Spirit of Christ which is in them did signify when it testified beforehand of the sufferings of Christ and the glory that should follow. Unto whom it was revealed that not unto themselves but to us they did minister these things which are now reported unto you by them which have preached the gospel unto you with the Holy Ghost sent down from heaven which things the angels desired to look into now ladies and gentlemen that is a heavy passage of scripture. That's heavy. Because now Peter is writing about something. Glory to God. Peter is writing about A mystery in whom the prophets declared about the salvation that was to come. But it wasn't for them. It was for us. And this salvific good news gospel message was so intriguing that even the angels desired to look into these things. Hmm. What could this be? Question. 
if it wasn't for themselves, then who was it for? Ooh, we getting good now. What we're going to have to do is break it down. Let, let, let me go to the NIV. I want to read it this in another version. NIV. Now, verse number eight. Though you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in, you believe in him. And are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. For you are receiving the end of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Concerning this salvation, the prophets who spoke of the grace that was to come to you searched intently with great with the greatest care trying to find out the time and the circumstances to which the spirit of Christ in them was pointing when he predicted the sufferings of the Messiah and the glories that should follow it was revealed to them that they were not serving themselves, but you. When they spoke of things that have now been told to you by those who have preached the gospel to you. Let's look at the NASB. Verse number 10, as to the salvation, the prophets who prophesied of the grace that should come to you made careful searches and inquiries, seeking to know what person or the time the spirit of Christ within them was indicating as he predicted the suffering of Christ and the glories to follow. It was revealed to them that they were not serving themselves, but you. In other words, the information that they see, in other words, the, the spirit of Christ was working within these prophets when they prophesied about the sufferings of Christ and the glories that followed, where the glories that followed came at Pentecost and through the Holy Spirit working through an organism, a spiritual organism called of the church that the prophecy they didn't get it all it was declared to them but they didn't understand it because it wasn't for them but it was so attractive that it even blew the angels away they said it was revealed to them that they were not serving themselves or that this stuff wasn't about them or for them but you and in these things which have now been announced to you through those who have preached the gospel to you by the Holy Spirit sent down from heaven, things unto which the angels long to look. So now we're getting an idea. What mysterious information were the prophets given that did not pertain to themselves 
but pertained to us. So intriguing that they diligently inquired and tried to search it out, but it was hidden from them. And the Bible said, even the angels got in on this one. Going like, man, what is God up to now? What is, how is he going to, how is he going to do what he about to do? Interesting, interesting. So then Peter lets us in on this magnificent mystery. The revelation begins. Matthew chapter 16 verses 17 and 18. I want you to be patient with me. We got a lot of scriptures to cover. Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed are thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood have not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. I say unto thee, Thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell should not prevail against it. Jesus announced something but he didn't explain it not here announce it to Peter get behind me Satan who do men say that I am oh they some say you this some say that who do you say I am he said thou art the son of God flesh and blood and not uh, reveal that to you Peter but my father in heaven I will build my church in the gates of hell, should not prevail against it. And Jesus went on to say, I'm going to get crucified, they're going to do this. And, Je and Peter said, far be it from you, Lord. And Jesus said, get behind me, Satan. And one minute he praised him, said, you got a revelation from God. The next minute he's on Satan's agenda, using his emotions to try to keep Jesus from going to the cross. Jesus says, nah, 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 nah. I recognize you, old slew foot devil. This whole idea about skirting the suffering that was part of Jesus' predestined legacy, which he was to do, a part of his prophetic purpose was to come here and suffer and die. And Peter said, No, be it far from me. He said, Get behind me, Satan. You suffering, you, 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 you focusing in on the things of men and not of God. Of course, Peter did in his flesh did want Jesus to go to the cross. That's because he was in no way, shape, form, or fashion able to understand the magnitude of the cross. Not at that point he wasn't. So now it is interesting that Peter, who's Jesus, said, I'm going to build this church. This is the one who ended up writing. He said, this is the gospel that the prophets talked about. They diligently searched it, but it was kept mysterious from them. The angels looked into it. It wasn't for them, but it was for us. And I, Peter, was one of the first people to hear about this new thing God was going to do that he kept hidden from the prophets.
I want to just read Romans chapter 11. No, let me skip that. We'll come back to that. So now, how did this all begin to fulfill? Let's go to Acts chapter number 2, verses 1 through 4. Jesus said, I'm going to build my church. He told Peter. Peter is the one who wrote 1 Peter. Peter said, listen, the prophets diligently inquired about this. They searched it out, but they couldn't get it. The angels decided to look into it. They couldn't figure it out. It was something that they talked about, but it wasn't for them. It was for us. They didn't understand it, but they announced it. They tried to understand it. They tried to figure it out, but they couldn't. The angels sitting around heaven going, wow, what's God going to do? Even angels decided to look into it. Couldn't get it. Acts chapter number two, verses one through four. Listen. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came the sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all of the house which they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues of fire as of fire, and it sat upon each one of them, and they were filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance verse number 12 and 13 and they were all amazed and were in doubt saying to one another what meaneth this others mocking said these men are full of new wine <laughs> y'all full of that rock gut that MD 2020 that Richard's wild eyes rose that Ariba yeah, that's all them rock good wines, cheap stuff, right? Acts 2, 14 through 21. This is how Peter dealt with that. But Peter standing up with the eleven lifted up his voice and said unto them, Ye men of Judea, and all ye that dwell in Jerusalem, be this known unto you and hearken to my words. For these are not drunken as ye suppose, seeing but it is only a third hour of the day or nine in the morning. But this is which was spoken by the prophet Joel. Oh! The beginning of the church was announced by a prophet. Who was that prophet? His name was Joel. And this is how the prophecy reads as Peter quotes from the second chapter of Joel. 
And it shall come to pass that in the last days, God said, I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh. Your sons and daughters shall prophesy. Your young man shall see visions. Your older man shall dream dreams. All my servants, all my handmaidens, I will pour out in those days of my spirit. And they shall prophesy. And I will show ye in the heavens above signs and earth. Earth beneath blood and fire and vapor of smoke. The sun shall be turned to darkness and the moon into blood before the great and notable day of the Lord come. Very important passage. And it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Now, ladies and gentlemen, let me make this statement. There is no way this prophecy could have been been understood as the beginning of a mystical body of believers called the church. Joe indeed declared it, but it was impossible for anyone else to know that this scripture meant the church unless the Holy Spirit revealed it wasn't revealed to Joel because Christ had not come yet. The building of the church didn't start until Pentecost. The mystery of Joel's prophecy was revealed on the day of Pentecost in the context of Peter's sermon. So that means the school of the Sanhedrin, who had, was well aware of Joel's prophecy, their exegesis, their critical analysis, their hermeneutics, could not have come up with that interpretation. Because this was a prophecy of a mystical body called the church that God kept hidden secret, even though the prophet gave the information, did nobody know what that meant. They didn't know it meant a mystical body called the church. Christ revealed that to Peter when he said, I will build my church. Then Peter wrote about it and said, listen, these prophets diligently inquired about this stuff, but they didn't understand it. So now, the mystery continues. Acts chapter 13. Verses 44 through 46. And the next Sabbath day came almost the whole city together to hear the word of God. But when the Jews saw the multitudes, they were filled with envy and spake against those things which were spoken by Paul, contradicting and blaspheming. Just a footnote. You're going to always have haters. Even when you are preaching and teaching the word of God, it will be opposed by those who call themselves believers. You better mark those words. You will always, just like the prophets of old were opposed. Jesus was opposed. The apostles were opposed. And that's not just the people outside the church, it's the people inside of it. Them the ones you really got to watch. 
Glory to God. You know the world hated Jesus is going to hate you. But it's them brethren, false brethren, who's coming after you. Glory to God. Verse number 46. Then Paul and Barnabas waxed bold and said, It was necessary that the word of God should come, should have first been spoken to you. But seeing ye put it off from you and judge yourselves unworthy of everlasting life, lo, we turn to the Gentiles. Now this is a pivotal point in Paul's ministry. In other words, he now says, I'm picking up the mantle. You Jews don't want to hear it. You don't count yourself worthy. You don't want to receive Christ. You rejected Christ. He came into the world. The world knew him not. He came into his own. They all his own knew him not. But as many as received him to them gave he the power, the exousia, the right to become the sons of God. And so now Paul picks up his calling. So I'm through with you Jews. Lo, we turn to the Gentiles. But Paul didn't just do it on a whim. Listen to what he said. Glory to God. This is what Paul did. Listen to what it says in Isaiah chapter 42, verses 6 through 9. Listen to this, ladies and gentlemen. Isaiah 42, 6 and 9. You're going to see why I'm going back to Isaiah. I was just talking about Paul. I realized that. I was in the book of Acts. I just jumped back to Isaiah. It's a reason for it. Listen to this. I, the Lord, have called thee in righteousness and will, and will hold thy hand, and I will keep thee and give thee for a covenant for the people, for a light of the Gentiles, to open the blind eyes, to bring out of prison, bring out the prisoners from prison, and to them that sit in darkness out of the prison house. I am the Lord, that is my name, my glory will I not give to another, neither my praise graven images. Behold, former things are come to pass, and a new things I do declare, before they spring forth I tell you of them. So now, I just wanted to throw that in there as a, uh, as a, as a, uh, a parenthetical, because we're coming back to Acts, where Paul finishes his, his, uh, his, his uh, discourse to the Jews. He just got finished saying, I'm tired of you Jews, y'all. Keep rejecting it. I'm going to the Gentiles. Let's pick that argument back up. Acts 13, verse 47. For he saith the Lord. But let me, let me, let me just go back to, let me do this. Let's go back to verse 46. Acts 46, 13, 46. Then Paul and Barnabas being bold and said, it was necessary that the word of God should first be spoken to you, but seeing how you put it off from you and judge yourselves unworthy of everlasting light, lo, we turn to the Gentiles. Verse number 47. That was 46 I read. For such had the Lord commanded us, saying, I have set thee to be a light of the Gentiles, that thou Thou shouldest be a salvation unto the ends of the earth. And when the Gentiles heard this, they were glad and glorified the word of God. And as many as were ordained to eternal life believed. 
Oh, I like that last part. We'll get back to that later. Glory to God. But listen, ladies and gentlemen, Paul the Apostle gave a reason for him turning to the Gentiles. His justification, he didn't just do it on his own. He referred back to the prophet Isaiah and quoted Isaiah 42, 6 through 9. Now you have to realize what happened with Paul. Paul was on the road to Damascus. The Lord caught him on the road to Damascus. He said, I got a great work for you to do. Paul started out doing that work with the Jews. But then the Jews kept rejecting him. He said, now I'm picking up my calling for the Gentiles. But he didn't just pick up a calling. He referred back to the scriptures, what the prophets declared, how God was going to be a light to the Gentiles. How was God going to be a light to the Gentiles? Well, Jesus was going to build an organism called the church. And that church was going to start on Pentecost. And Pentecost was prophesied by Joel who prophesied it but didn't understand it. God gave the understanding to a man whom the Jews would later say were unlearned. These men unlearned, but they've been with Jesus. Yeah, they were talking about Peter was one of them. But he knew more than the Sanhedrin. He knew more than all them scholars. He said, uh-uh, these men ain't drunk. This is what the Bible talks about. So in other words, Joel declared it. Now we have Paul who, who, who is helping now to lay the foundation of what we know as the church, ladies and gentlemen. But he didn't just do it on his own. He referred back to Isaiah who had prophesied there would be God, that God would give light to the Gentiles. But he didn't, Isaiah didn't explain it. All Isaiah did is prophesy. All Isaiah did is declare it. Now Paul is giving clarification to what Isaiah was saying it said that now that God said started the church now that the Gentiles were to be grafted in along with the Jew on this blessed salvific process that God was doing through all humanity that he started with the Jews that he started with them he started it with Abraham brought it down through David 42 generations to Jesus now Jesus has been offered up already died glory to God now Pentecost has come his church is starting to be built Peter starting his role now Paul picks up his mantle and declared it because Isaiah said it so now here's Paul declaring Isaiah Isaiah prophesied that God was going to give a light to the Gentiles but Isaiah didn't know about the church he didn't know about none of that all he did is declare it because it wasn't for him it was for us on the other side of the cross on the other side of Christ's resurrection hmm the fact that God was going to save the Gentiles was not a mystery. But how he was going to do it 
through the church was a mystery. Let's look at what James declared. James declared it too. Acts 15, 13 through 17, this is what he says. And after they had beheld their peace, James answered and said, Men and brethren, hearken unto me. Simon have declared how God at first did visit the Gentiles to take out a people after his name and to this agree the words of the prophets as it is written after this I will return and I will build again the tabernacle of David which is fallen down and I will build again the ruins thereof and I will set it up that the residual of men might seek after the Lord and all the Gentiles upon whom my name is called saith the Lord who doeth all these things now here James now referring back glory to God to the prophets saying this is what the prophets said so these guys weren't just out trying to start no church and stuff like that. They were basing it on a prophetic revelation that was already given by the prophets in the Old Testament. Prophets who didn't understand it, but declared it. Let's keep going. So now the mystery is revealed. Paul, listen to what Paul says. Romans Chapter 16, verses 25 through 27. Listen what Paul says here. Now unto him that is of power to establish you according to my gospel. Emphasis on my gospel. Paul is owning this. And the preaching of Jesus Christ according to the revelation of the mystery which was kept secret since the world began began but is now made manifest and by the scriptures of the prophets listen to this ladies and gentlemen according to the commandment of the everlasting God made known unto all nations for the obedience of faith to the only wise God be glory through Jesus Christ forever. Amen. Great doxology and a benediction. But I'm going to tell you something. Listen to what Paul says here, ladies and gentlemen. According to the revelation of what? The mystery. It's the mystery, ladies and gentlemen. Which was kept secret. That's why the prophets didn't understand it. They couldn't understand it. That's why Peter said what he said. Peter said they diligently searched out and tried to figure out what manner of times and method were these things going to be. Even the angels tried to look into it. He said, but it wasn't for them. It was for us. Now Paul is giving some light here. He said this thing was kept secret. But is now made manifest by the scriptures of the prophets. 
the prophets declared this thing. They didn't understand it, but they declared it. Listen to some more Pauline wisdom in this matter. Ephesians chapter 3, verses 3 through 9. Listen to this. How then by revelation he hath made known unto me the mystery. There it is again. As I write aforetime in a few words, whereby when ye read, you may understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ which in other ages was not made known unto the Son of Man, as it is now revealed unto his holy apostles and the prophets by the Spirit, that the Gentiles should be fellow heirs and of the same body and partakers of the promise in Christ by the gospel. That was part of the mystery. That the Gentiles and the Jews would be fellow heirs. And how that would happen is through the preaching of the gospel. That was a mystery. Isaiah and them didn't get that part. Daniel and them didn't get it. Ezekiel, none of them guys got this. They spoke of it. They spoke afar off. But as Paul said, it had been kept secret. Don't you know God can make somebody utter something, make them write it down. It come out of their mouth. And they don't even know what they just said. Because it's not for them. It's for somebody else. You've heard even your preachers sometimes say, I don't know who I'm talking to, but I know I'm talking to somebody. <laughs> sometimes it's just like that, right? Verse number 8. Then he says, Unto me, who I am the less of the least of all saints, is this grace given that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ and make known all men to see what is the fellowship of the mystery which from the beginning of the world has been hid in God who created all things by Christ Jesus. Glory to God. Let's move on. The power of salvation is in the preaching of the gospel. Listen to what Romans, Paul said in Romans. This is what he says in Romans. Romans 16 and 17, chapter 1. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation and to everyone that believe it, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith unto faith. For the just shall live by faith. 
it is through the preaching of the gospel that Christ builds the church creating a new body called the church or the body of Christ listen to what Paul says in Ephesians chapter 2 verses 14 through 22 he said he is our peace and have made both one and have broken down the middle wall of partition between us having abolished in his flesh the enmity even the law of commandments contained in the ordinances for to make in himself of twain one new man so making peace that he might reconcile both unto God in one body by the cross having slain the enmity thereby and came and preached peace unto you which were afar off and to them that were nigh those that were far off were the Jews I mean the Gentiles those that were nigh were the Jews for through him we both have access by one spirit unto the Father now therefore ye are no more strangers and foreigners but fellow citizens with the saints the household of God and are built upon the foundation of the apostles and the prophets Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone in whom all the building fitly framed together groweth into a temple in the Lord in whom you are now are built together for an inhabitation of God through the spirit so the church corporately is the is the the temple of God our bodies individually are the temple of God but the new temple that God was building glory to God was not a temple made with hands but it was a, it was a temple that was to be built with chief with Jesus Christ being the chief cornerstone and the apostles and the prophets being the foundation so we were built upon what the prophets had declared what the apostles Jesus' apostles glory to God the mystery continues Ephesians chapter 5 31 and 32 this is what the Bible says for this cause shall a man leave his father and mother and shall be joined together unto his wife and the two shall be one flesh this is a great mystery but I speak concerning Christ and the church this passage references Genesis 2 24 Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and shall cleave to his wife and the two shall be one flesh. This was declared by the prophet Moses who wrote the first five books of the Old Testament. But Paul said, I'm going to show you a mystery. When God was saying that, he was really talking also about the church. The mystery continues Colossians chapter 1 verses 24 through 27 listen who now ye rejoice in my sufferings for you and fill up that which was behind 
of the afflictions of Christ in my flesh for his body's sake, which is the church. Wherefore I am made the minister according to the dispensation of God, which is given to me for you to fulfill the word of God. Even the mystery which has been hid from ages, from generations, but now is made manifest to his saints. Footnote. Remember Peter says the prophets declared it. It was not for themselves, but it was for us. Concerning the sufferings of Christ and the glories that would follow. The glories that would follow are all of how the Spirit would operate in the church, through the church, to bring forth the revelation of Jesus Christ, the second coming of Jesus Christ, and to usher in his eternal kingdom. All of those are the glories that followed after his resurrection. Verse number 27, unto whom God would make known what is the riches of his glory, this mystery amongst the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. That was a mystery. A Jew would have never understood how Jehovah Elohim, how God, how the Adonai, how, how, how the God of grace, the God of mercy would dwell in Gentiles. But it became the hope of the glory of Gentiles, of Christ in you. The hope of glory. Through what is known is a down payment. The Holy Spirit. Ephesians chapter 1 Verses 13 and 14. And whom ye also trusted after that ye heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and whom also after you believed ye were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, which is the earnest of our inheritance until the redemption of the purpose, purchased possession to the praise of his glory. Hosea declared it. Listen to this. Romans 9, 24-26 I know I said Hosea, but just listen to this. Even to us he called, not of the Jews only, but also of the Gentiles, as he saith in Hosea, I will call them a people who are not my people, and beloved who is not a beloved. And it shall come to pass in the place where it was said unto them, Ye are not my people, there they should be called the sons of the living God. Now, if you go to Hosea chapter number 2, 2 or 3, I think it's 2, you will find that Hosea marries a prostitute named Gomer. They have three kids. One is named Jezreel, one is named Loam, uh, Ami, uh, and then one is named Loami. Loami meant, Ami meant not my people. And then God says, I will going to be take those who are called not my people, and they're going to be called my people. In the place that it was said unto them. Now, when you read that passage, it is clearly talking about Israel. 
it's clearly talking about Israel, ladies and gentlemen. But God had another revelation for it. It was a law of double, there was a double reference. It was talking about the Jews historically, but it was also talking about futuristic Gentiles who were always called not a people. That was a mystery. Hosea declared it, Paul picking it up in Romans 9. The mystery continues. Glory to God. Listen what Paul says. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is going to be revealed in us. For the creation eagerly awaits with anticipation for God's sons to be revealed. For the creation was subject to futility, not willingly, but because of him who has subjected it in hope that the creation itself will also be set free from the bondage of corruption and the glorious freedom of God's children. For we know that the whole creation has been groaning together with labor pains until now. The whole creation, ladies and gentlemen, the whole earth, the entire universe. Not only that, but we ourselves, which have the Spirit as the first fruits, we groan within ourselves, eagerly awaiting for adoption, the redemption of our bodies. He's talking about the resurrection here. Now in this hope we are saved. Yet hope that is seen is not hope. Because he that hopes for it. For he hopes for what he sees. In other words, why would you hope for something you see? But we hope for what we do not see. We eagerly wait for it with patience. That's Romans 8, 18 through 25. So let's recap. The seventh trumpet, Revelation chapter 11, verse 18. The seventh trumpet blows. The dead are rewarded. Who are the dead? It names them. The saints, the prophets, and them that fear thy name, small and great. That happens at the seventh trumpet. The dead are rewarded. And one of my students said, oh, I don't see a resurrection there. I said, it is a resurrection. What, what do you expect? Christ to go down to Hades and hand out diadems? Crowns in Hades? No. How else is he going to reward the dead? He brings them up and gives them reward. Behold, I come and my reward is with me. Right? But that happens at the seventh trumpet. That's not an accident that that's there. 
The long delay is to end, according to Revelation 10:6. When the seventh trumpet blows, the long delay ends. Well, what is the long delay? Well, we've been understanding it. From Pentecost until now, 2,000 years and running. The age of the church is from the pouring out of the Holy Spirit right before the great and notable day of the Lord comes, as Joel prophesied. Ladies and gentlemen, those are the two bookends of the church. The beginning of the church was Pentecost. The end of the church will be right before the great and notable day of the Lord comes. The day of the Lord is the day of wrath. We were not appointed to wrath. So the church goes from Pentecost clean up to right before the day of the Lord comes. Okay? We're giving a whole age of the church right there in Acts. Okay? Question, what other mystery declared by the prophets can be completed at the seventh trumpet? There's still plenty of events left to come. For example, you got the bold judgments, right? You got the destruction of Babylon. That happens. All these things are past happens after the seventh trumpet. You have the return of Christ. Okay, when he comes with all the saints, right? You have the defeat of Antichrist and the false prophet. Remember, when he comes back, Jesus comes back, they get thrown in the lake of fire alive. Okay? You have the binding of Satan, Revelation chapter 20, verse 1. You have that. You have the thousand year reign of Christ during the millennium. The old heaven and the old earth are still here. What I mean by the old heaven and old earth, I mean the one that is currently existing. It will still be existing then. Then you had the great white throne judgment. And then you still had the revelation of the new heaven and earth. A still future. That's just a few of the things. So the seventh trumpet doesn't conclude all things. So you can't say it's the end of the, the completion of the mystery of God and the, uh, the plan of the ages. And all. No, it's not. Because it's all these things happen after the seventh trumpet. So therefore, we have to look at what concludes at the seventh trumpet. It's not all this stuff. So you can't say it's all of God's prophetic revelation. No, it's not. It's what the prophets declared, the mystery of God that the prophets declared. And the long delay has to do with the mystery. That's what comes to end. What comes to end is the long delay. And the long delay ends at the blowing of the seventh trumpet. So what is the end of the seventh trumpet? Turn with me, ladies and gentlemen, to 1 Corinthians 15, 51 through 55. And this is what the Paul, Apostle Paul says. I'm reading for the NIV. Listen, I tell you a mystery. <laughs> Woo! Listen, the scriptures is deep, ladies and gentlemen. Listen, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep. 
but we will all be changed in a flash in the twinkling of an eye at the last trumpet now what ladies and gentlemen wait a minute whoa whoa just stop right there stop right there Revelation chapter 11 verse 18 I'm going to go there real quick. We're gonna, then we're going to jump back. And I'm almost finished. Because I'm an hour, hour 26 minutes in. I'm almost finished. Just, 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 give, me, just give me a minute. I got to turn there real quick. Okay, Revelation 11, 18. Now listen to this, ladies and gentlemen. The seventh trumpet is already blown. This is the 18th verse of Revelation. And the nations were enraged. I'm reading from the New American Standard. And your wrath is come. The reason why the wrath has come is because when the seventh trumpet blew, it says the kingdoms of this world have become the kingdoms of his Lord and of his Christ and he shall reign forever and he has taken back his great power. This world system belongs to Satan right now and Jesus takes back authority. He said, Satan told him when he was tempted him in the desert, he said, listen, he said, if you bow and get, bow to me right now, he said, I will give you all the kingdoms of this world. He said, they've been given it. They've been given to me and I can give them to whoever I want to. And that's true, ladies and gentlemen. This world system is controlled by Satan. That's why he's going to give that power to Antichrist. And Antichrist is going to run it. Jesus said, get behind me, Satan. So back to Revelation 11. And the nations were angry. And your wrath has come. Now, I want you to notice this. Wrath has come, but... And the time came for the dead to be judged. And the time to reward your, your bond service. The prophets and the saints and them who fear your name, small and great. And to destroy those who destroy the earth. So here at the seventh trumpet in Revelation, you've got a resurrection for reward of dead saints while destruction and wrath is going on on the earth at the seventh trumpet, ladies and gentlemen. And Paul then picks this back up. But he says, you got to remember what we were dealing with here is we're dealing with Revelation 10. He said the mystery of God would be completed at the seventh trumpet, but it's the mystery that was declared by the prophets and the long delay would be over. The church has been going for 2,000 years. The long delay is going to be over at the seventh trumpet. So in Revelation at the seventh trumpet, we're seeing dead saints being rewarded while wrath is getting ready to be poured out on the earth. That's because the saints can't be on the earth while the wrath of God is being poured out. This is why I teach pre-wrath. We are not appointed to wrath. Back to First uh, Corinthians 15. Listen, I tell you the mystery. I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep. 
but we shall all be changed. And a flash and a twinkle of the eye at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound and the dead in Christ be raised imperishable. This is what we see in Revelation 11. The reward of the dead saints. They rise first. That's what the Bible says. And we shall be changed. For the perishable must clothe itself with the imperishable and the mortal with immortality. When the perishable has been clothed with the imperishable and the mortal with immortality, then the saying that is written shall come true. O death, where? O de death has been swallowed up in victory. O death, where is your victory? O grave. Oh, death, where is thy sting? Now, he, that is 1 Corinthians uh, 15.55. But listen, he is quoting a, from the Old Testament. <laughs> what he's quoting from, ladies and gentlemen, is Isaiah 25 and 8. It is a something, it is a mystery that the prophets declared. It was part of the mystery. And the mystery closes out with the blowing of the seventh trumpet. And the blowing of the seventh trumpet, which was prophesied in Revelation 11:18, is now being fulfilled here at 1 Corinthians. But Paul identified this as being part of the mystery. And then he backs it up because a prophet declared it. And this is what the prophet said. Isaiah 25 and 8. He will swallow up death in victory. And the Lord God will wipe away, wipe away tears from off all their faces. That's Isaiah 25 and 8. The second part he was quoting or or uh, uh, or death where is your sting that comes from Hosea 13 and 14 I will ransom them from the power of Sheol that's the grave I will deliver I will redeem them from death death where are your barbs in other words stings Sheol, where is your sting? That's what Paul was quoting when he gave the last part of the mystery. The mystery ends with the blowing of the seventh trumpet. The seventh trumpet is the last trumpet. Ladies and gentlemen, not only that, Paul just didn't say it out of nowhere. He based it on two prophets. What prophets had declared, but had no idea about the body of Christ being raptured. They declared it. It was in mystery form. Now it's revealed. The rapture of the church was called a mystery by Paul here. 
it happens at the last trumpet it was declared by the prophets now ladies and gentlemen I just took you through an hour and a half and broke down how this mystery that was declared by the prophets the long delay ended and it ended with a resurrection at the last trumpet now none of what I just taught you is taught by pre-trib I'm going to tell you why because they have been taught none of this stuff applies to the church so all of these scriptures that line up so perfectly like I just laid them out for you are not paid any attention to and it just so happens they line up perfectly just, just so happens that that's true well that's how all the scriptures are line upon line precept upon precept here a little there a little you're able to get the whole picture when you use the whole counsel of the word of God pre-trib says the church been gone so that that scenario in Revelation 10 Revelation 11 ain't got nothing to do with the church so since it has nothing to do with the church they don't go through and take the time to do what I just did now I'm not doing like these theologians did just guessing all over the place remember those other commentaries I read those, a lot of those guys were dispensational pre-trib people that's why they teach like that why didn't any of them line the scriptures up just like we lined them up and they match perfectly now here's what priest Reba said oh but Dr. Woods we got you the last trump in Revelation 7 and Revelation 10 and 11 is not the same trumpet of Revelation of 1 Corinthians chapter 10 glory to God there's an answer for that but you're not going to get it this time you got to wait till our next segment the seventh trumpet continues Father we thank and praise you for all things for without you we could do nothing O oh Lord and we give you praise honor and glory and I just thank God Lord God for your word for us being vessels of your word and students of your word. Father, let your word change people in their souls. Father, let us prepare for the times that are coming. And even if it's not our generation, that we might be able to teach our children to stand fast. Stand fast. As all the generations of church saints have had to do through various times of persecution. Father, let us not be lulled to sleep with wealth and materialism and a lackadaisical church that just thinks we're going to be pulled out of here before all the trouble happens. And that the book of Revelation is really for somebody else. It ain't for the church. God, we know you did not write the book of Revelation 
so some person with a degree could write a commentary and contradict the purpose of the book of Revelation that you had put in your word. Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. May the Lord have a blessing to the reading of his word. In the mighty and the matchless name of Jesus we pray. Amen. I'll see you the next time on the Revelation Revolution.